0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Dietetics Anonymous podcast, where we talk all things nutrition, health, and holistic wellness. I'm your host, Kayla Abella, also known as Nutri-K. I'm a soon-to-be registered dietitian and I am very passionate about spreading the word about health and nutrition. Now, without further ado, let's get started. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dietetics Anonymous podcast. I am your host, Kayla Abella, aka NutriK Wellness on Instagram. Today we are going to be chatting about picky eating tips. So one of my specialties and one of the things that I'm most passionate about is pediatric nutrition. So I actually have an Instagram called at picky.eatingnutritionist, where I kind of chat all about and post all about picky eating tips and how to help your picky eater form a better relationship with food and even if you don't have a picky eater and you're just interested in helping your child form a better relationship with food preventing any kind of disordered eating patterns in the future just based on the society we live in and how kind of disordered eating patterns can sprout from just social life and living in 2022. So I kind of share a lot of different tips on ways that you can create a better environment for eating as a parent um, different ways to kind of structure your meals so that your child has better ideas of what food is about increasing the sensitivities around foods and also introducing new foods and how to get them excited about mealtime and about food in general so i'm just gonna do a short little chat with you guys this is totally just casual not really structured just on my five tips Um, general tips which there's a lot that goes into it which is why I actually have a program for picky eaters called the three bite club in which you get access to a membership program where you get private counseling with me on your picky eater as well as group counseling sessions where I share kind of information on picky eating I share different tips structured meal plans and helpful advice for squashing picky eating in its tracks so that your little one can have the best relationship with food and be as healthy as possible to support growth and thriving in life so that program also includes a private group chat with other parents so that you can kind of connect with other people who have similar issues with their children when it comes to meal time so that you guys can kind of help each other branch off of each other and share information tips and tricks amongst yourselves as well So that program is available on my website. If you click my link in bio in my Instagram or if you just shoot me an email, NutriKWellness at gmail.com, I could get you signed up for that and we can get you started on your picky eating journey for your child. So that's something I'm really passionate about. And I also do private counseling if that's more of your wavelength. So um, if you're interested in that, again, you can email me or go onto my website and sign up through there. But these are some general tips just to help you with your picky eater, just to get your kind of brain flowing around that idea of kind of changing the structure of mealtime to better um, better make it for your child and make it a little bit easier on them. So my number one tip for picky eaters is fun plates and cups. So <laughs> I think we all know with kids, anything bright and exciting and anything that has to do with their favorite character at the time which we know with kids they all go through different phases I know the kids that I nanny for we've gone through our Lightning McQueen phase we've gone through our Frozen phase we've gone through our Moana phase and right now we are in our football phase so (laughs) anything that has to do with their favorite phase at the time will get them excited so when we're looking for utensils and cups and plates for mealtime. You want to look for something that encompasses something that would make them happy and make them feel comfortable. So I know what the kids I nanny for. We had a bunch of Lightning McQueen and Mater (laughs) cups and even there was a little bit about Frank. I don't know if you've seen Cars 2 but or actually I think it's Cars 3. Um, But Frank is the tractor trailer that kind of or like the big I think He's like a lawnmower or something, he guards the tractor trailers. So, Frank, or maybe that wasn't that was in cars one, yeah, that was cars one. I'm like getting all of my cars history mixed up, but if you know Frank, we had a Frank cup and we also have our Lightning McQueen plates. Um, so those are definitely exciting for the kids at the time of when they are in that phase. So, of course, we've updated to frozen plates. And for Christmas, I got a lot of Giants gear because we are in our football phase. But having those things for kids, I kind of went on a tangent there, but (laughs) having those kinds of things for kids makes them so excited about mealtime because they know that it's personalized to them. They're excited to use these utensils, excited to use these plates and cups, and it makes it more fun for them. They want to use these. They want to experience mealtime. So that's always just a good, simple way to get them into the vibe of experiencing a more fun mealtime and it's okay to make mealtime fun because it doesn't have to be boring you don't have to sit there and like I mean it's 2022 you don't have to sit there with your elbows off the table and you know the whole nine yards you can make it a little bit fun of course we do want to still encourage sitting at the table limit our distractions which is something else that I will kind of dive deeper into in future podcasts as well as if you are a member of the three bite club I go into detail about distractions during mealtime and They can be very harmful for creating a healthy relationship with food with your picky eater and even for yourself. So, I think having these fun things to a limitation is really important to encouraging a healthy and happy meal time with your child. That being said, you also want to make sure that when you are serving new foods, so let's say your picky eater is kind of on a chicken nugget binge right now and everything is chicken nuggets and french fries, you don't want anything else on the plate. Or they don't want anything else on the plate and you really want to encourage that new food experience that's when you want to introduce section plates so again you can make them fun they do have plenty of Lightning McQueen and Elsa section plates out there but having plates with various sections allows your picky eater and your um, little eater even if they're not picky to kind of have foods that they are familiar with and their safe foods foods like their chicken nuggets on the plate as well as introducing a new food so maybe in one section you have the chicken nuggets but on the other section you might want to introduce bell peppers so you can have a little bell peppers there so they still can resort to or revert to their comfort food having some chicken nuggets but see that there's a new food on the plate and they might want to give it a taste test it gives them the option to try it if they'd like it's offered there but it's not touching their safe food it's not overriding their safe food by only having the bell peppers they still have their favorite food on that plate so that really keeps them comfortable during mealtime. but it also offers that new variety so they have the option to try it if they are feeling comfortable or up to it another well our third tip here would be to serve dessert with dinner. Now, this one's a little controversial because I know that a lot of kids, um, well, a lot of parents will struggle with their kids wanting only sweets and they kind of push through dinner time and kind of shove it to the side just so they can get to dessert. But one of the theories out there and based on various research recently, I would say um, the latest article that I read was from 2018 stating that children develop a good or bad perspective on different foods based on how we kind of label those foods so if you are telling your child you know what you have to finish all of your broccoli on the plate in order to get to the cupcake that shows that the broccoli has a negative connotation because why would i have to finish all of that broccoli in order to get to the cupcake that's giving the cupcake a good connotation so That's teaching me, you know what, I I want the cupcake. The cupcake is good because mommy or daddy says that the cupcake is what I need to get to or is what I want to get to in order to finish my meal. So it kind of is labeling, it's going around labeling foods as good or bad. If all these foods are served together and the option of having the cupcake, of course, Sticking to portion sizes is important, but that's a whole separate aspect. But having a little bit of a cupcake on the plate along with your broccoli and your chicken nuggets and your pasta, that allows the child to kind of not demonize the cupcake, but it's equal with the other foods. It's served all together and you are able to taste each food in conjunction with the other foods. So having a little bite of the cupcake, then going over to the broccoli, maybe going over to the chicken nuggets, it takes away the morality of the food it stops your child from a young age having that fear of oh my god the cupcake is so taboo it's it's forbidden it's this special thing and it just labels it as it is it's just a food it has nutrients and different components in it yes it has a little bit more sugar than we like to have in excess But it also normalizes it to the point where they might not actually want to have the whole cupcake. They might be able to teach themselves to honor their hunger and their fullness. So it's kind of diving into a more um, complex concept of understanding your food on a more emotional level and kind of tearing apart the morality from food which is really important to teach at a young age because as you get older that's where eating disorders can stem from. So not to say that if you serve dessert after dinner you're going to spark an eating disorder in your child but this is just another preventative measure in order to assure that your child has the best and healthiest relationship when it comes to food. And this is something that is very generalized. There is a few, there are a few research rather, that um kind of pinpoints this so it may not work for everybody but from my professional experience I think that this is a really great method to kind of introducing kind of desserts and sweeter foods and foods that may be considered forbidden to your child while also maintaining a healthy relationship with them so they don't overeat those foods and they don't fear those foods because that is important at a young age to kind of set that boundary and allow them to kind of explore it on their own terms with their own morality in mind. So those are three. We're going to get on to number four, which is to eat the new food with them. So I think most of us know that when mommy or daddy does something, automatically our child wants to explore that as well. So usually I know with the kids that I nanny for, um, the minute with the one twin sees mommy eating something or if they see me eating something they immediately want to try it as well they get really excited about it. they're like can I have a taste of that and I'm like of course so you trying a new food yourself or eating something that your child has not had before can actually encourage them to want to try that new food So if you do follow the section plates um, tip and you have their familiar food and then you have, let's say, the bell pepper, we'll go back to that example, on one of the sections, and you're also eating a bell pepper on your plate, they might see that and say, you know what, if mommy's eating it, you know, I'm going to give it a try. So it's always good to eat the new foods with them. Show them that it's safe. Mommy and daddy eat that food as well. Why don't you give it a try? And they might want to be like mommy and daddy and try that food as well. So it's really great setting that example and also giving them the comfort of doing it with them, showing them that they're not alone. It's a group activity. It's fun to try new foods. Mommy and daddy do it all the time. And it's really important to kind of encouraging them that way and making them feel very comfortable and excited about trying new foods. And then my last and most important tip is to have a routine. So when it comes to mealtime, it's really important to kind of structure your mealtime with your child because although as we get older, we have a lot of different activities, especially even when our kids get older. So when we get to the point where they're in high school and they have like eight different sports to go to, I mean, that could also be when they're younger. It's really difficult to structure a sit-down family mealtime. But if it is possible for you and your circumstance and situation, I would Definitely encourage to have a proper meal time where you all sit down as a family. You have your meal, no distractions, just sitting with your family, chatting, eating, sharing the meals. It's so important to the development of a healthy relationship with food. One because it allows for them to know, you know what, five o'clock rolls around, my stomach's getting hungry. That is meal time. I know that I'm about to have dinner or six o'clock, whatever time you have, and it kind of creates a muscle memory for them. They start to pick up on, you know what, it's, it's mealtime, it's time to sit down and eat. They get a little bit like hungry, they get a little tired and relaxed. That is letting their body know, you know what, we eat around this time each day. It's very good to have those routines. It also will allow for a better structure when it comes to mealtime physically, So when you're sitting at, let's say, I don't know, in their bed or uh, at a couch or something like that, you tend to be a little more slunched over and like your legs are up crisscross style and you're kind of hunched over, I don't know, like a TV dinner tray. That actually can hinder your digestion and can cause different feelings of overly fullness, bloating, discomfort in your stomach, and that can happen with your child as well. So Having a sit-down at a table while you eat is actually really important to the physical digestion process. So if your child is feeling discomfort during mealtime by not sitting at a table, it could cause them to kind of not want to be a part of mealtime because obviously they wouldn't want to feel that discomfort during mealtime. Nobody would. So it's important physically to have a sit-down mealtime where you're kind of, properly sat upright in your chair, you're not hunched over, you're not distracted. Well, that kind of comes into my next point, which I definitely could go really in detail with this. But having distractions at mealtime can be really detrimental to the progress that your child has during mealtime. Having an iPad at the table, phone, TV, whatever it is, could kind of tear them away from what is actually eating your food. So If you ever have noticed when you're watching TV and you grab a bag of chips and you're just eating it and eating it and eating it and before you know it, the whole bag is gone and you feel very sick, you feel overly full, you feel nauseous, whatever. Those things happen because you're so honed in on the screen and you kind of get like in a trance of (laughs) watching this show or whatever that you're not really connecting with your food. You're not listening to your hunger, your fullness cues. You're not realizing that you're eating so much. So that can also happen with children. If they're watching a show or something, they're just going to keep eating and eating, or they'll eat things that they don't really like. understand if they like it or not. They're not learning their hunger of fullness, and it can lead to, again, gastric discomfort, which will in turn make them not want to sit down for mealtime because they'll start to kind of connect mealtime with feeling discomfort, feeling bloat, feeling nausea, and having kind of other gastric symptoms. So having a routine that is sitting at the table with your family, connecting at the end of the day, sharing stories, having a positive and healthy experience around mealtime is so important to preventing any kind of picky eating behaviors or disordered eating patterns in your child. So I think that those are the five most general and important overlying kind of tips that I have for creating a healthy relationship with food for your child and kind of preventing any picky eating behaviors that could hinder their development, their growth, and their relationship with food. So. If you are interested again in learning a little bit more in depth about picky eating and kind of squashing any kind of picky eating behaviors that you have in your child's mealtime, you can email me at NutriKWellness at gmail.com. Check out my website and sign up there or you can go through my Instagram at Wellness or at picky.eating.nutritionist and sign up there for the Three Bite Club or for private one-to-one counseling and we can get down to the root of what might be going on, and how we can structure mealtime and structure your child's relationship with food to better encourage growth, development, and a happy, healthy life. So I thank you all again for joining me on this podcast, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Have a great week! Thank you so much for listening. I had such a great time chatting with you guys and I look forward to chatting with you again next week. If you want to reach me, you can contact me via email, NutriKWellness at gmail.com. You can find me at my website, www.nutrikwellness.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at NutriK. And as well, if you are interested in picky eating nutrition, or pediatric nutrition, you can find me on Instagram at picky.eaters.nutritionist. I look forward to talking with you guys again soon, and I wish you all a happy and healthy and lovely week ahead.